0: This is TLDR Podcast, where we
1: talk sports, MLBs, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, nobody understands Westworld, and more, top 10 alcoholic beverages, with your hosts,
2: Alex, yeah boy, Eric, yo, James, the San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league, Traded. oh,
0: sit down bud, and Tyler, oh damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's the not program. finishing, it's the middle of the season. I understand
3: that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor.
0: How's it going everybody? Welcome back to TLDR podcast. It is episode 70. Unfortunately, we're still shorthanded. We're still on a five on three penalty kill. It's a long one. Uh, it, it, it was a long one. Um, but uh, we have Eric out again. He's uh, he's working. Guys, do we let everyone know the the news or? Yeah, yeah, yeah so, dude, definitely. Uh, we we got to give uh, we got to tip our hats to our guy, uh, Eric. He actually just got a new job. Um, he, he got the starting start, I guess the head strength and conditioning coach position with the uh, the Clippers G league team in Ontario, California. Um, we're very proud of him. It's, it's such a big, you know, he, we thought he was going away from the Clippers and now he's back. So, uh, um, you know, Eric, best of luck to you there. Um, I know we'll see you next week, but you know, we, we uh, everyone here is very happy for you there. And uh, Alex, I think, is just came back from his uh, vacation, but I don't remember what he's doing tonight. Um, sorry, Alex. I golfing. I, he's mm-hmm. probably golfing. Yeah, it's pretty late to do that, but you know what? It, I wouldn't. Know, golf dude. Him. It's a
2: thing.
3: My golf. Go.
0: Um, guys, we are in one of the most, probably the most interesting weeks. Um, of you know, of, of October for sure. Um, you know, we we got I guess between bye weeks in the NFL that had, I guess. Kind of a, uh, well, it's definitely a lopsided NFL week on Sunday. Didn't seem like there were very, that many close games, um, and that, I guess that's what happens when the, the the best teams are are off and the the good teams are playing the shitty teams. That's just kind of how it go, how it goes. Um, there were a couple surprises, uh, but it was very it was a very uh, interesting Sunday for especially the fantasy folks. Um, baseball, we are starting the the uh, MLB World Series. Uh when does that start, Tyler? Tomorrow. Starts tomorrow, Tuesday, October, tomorrow. Um today? 26th it's, It probably 26th. starts tomorrow. I don't think they'd start it on a Monday night. Yeah. No. Um that's the Astros obviously uh unfortunately took their series and they will be playing the um the AL the NL champion, um Braves, unfortunately for Tyler. But we'll get to that later. And then hockey has you know the NHL has started out quite interesting as well. Um, we have there's some interesting storylines, we won't be getting too much of that today. Um, as I am hosting today, but next week there will be plenty to talk about. Um, actually, I'm, I'm very glad because I, lo- I really want to see how the Maple Leafs kind of respond to their absolute debacle of a start. Um, and it's quite hilarious. Um, all that said, let's go to the boys. James, how are you doing, buddy? How was your Sunday? Did you enjoy the football? I know you didn't enjoy Sunday night football, but just gloss over that.
2: Okay. Glossing over Sunday night football. Sunday was pretty chill. I went over to Train's house. Todd was there. Haven't seen Todd in a while. Got to sit back and just relax because the Sunday night game was where I was putting most of my attention. Um, I wanted all my fantasy leagues, all seven of them, this week. So that's great. Saturday was solid. Played some golf. Saturdays and Sundays is where it's at, mainly because I work a lot during the week. Saturdays and Sundays great i love it but now we're back hoping for another easy week but you know probably not gonna happen it is what it is it's it's never easy for you is it never ever (laughs) don't (laughs) be nasty that's
0: that's, congratulations on your on your fantasy um you know victories all week and unfortunately i know you're gonna get into it eric i'm so sorry if you would have played anybody (laughs) else this week you would have (laughs) won like of all of all the weeks to have an amazing week you had to have it against the next best um or the best <laughs> in fact um but that leaves us with tyler tyler how you doing bud mlb world series is just about to take take off here
3: yeah uh like i said october as you mentioned amazing sports month obviously uh disappointed with my dodgers uh, i weren't able to uh get past the Braves. we kind of imploded there in that series especially on the pitching side uh just kind of ran out of gas um, which is unfortunate because uh, a team like that really should be built for an October run, but it just didn't happen. But props to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they earned that victory and I'm definitely gonna be rooting for them in the world series. And we'll get to more, more, more of that later. Uh, but yeah, weekend was good. Uh got to do a little, uh, my, my brother works at a brewery up at thousand Oaks. They had a little October fest uh, festival going on there. So I got to do that Saturday night. That was super fun. And then Sunday just got to, got to chill with you guys and watch football day. So it was a, it was a very nice weekend uh, looking forward to hopefully another one of those next weekend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, October sports month, it's the best.
0: Yeah. I know uh, you know, we're, we're only a few days until November, which is kind of crazy. I mean, blink, blink, blink and we're going to be trading in a uh, pumpkin spice lattes for peppermint lattes. It's kind of crazy to think about, but um, yeah. um, when we come back, we're going to, we're going to open up with uh, baseball talk, it is the MLB, so we're going to start off with that, um, kick, kick start off the World Series, and uh, stay tuned and to, to hear all you need to know about the the Big World Series. And we're back. It is the 2021 World Series that's just about to, to start tomorrow. Oh. We have the Astro, the AL ch- um, champion uh, Astros against the NL Atlanta Braves. Tyler's going to take us through everything we need to know for this, uh, for this world series. Um, he's going to be able to be a little more objective, which is nice. So <laughs> that'll, that'll be nice. Yeah.
3: I don't know about that. I got a pretty nasty bias against uh, the, the the Houston Astros here, but, yeah, that's, but you're right. There's zero bias. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my, my team is no longer in contention. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, but the the 2021 Fall Classic, the Atlanta Braves against the Houston Astros, should be a really fun one. Uh, this is the first time in the whole this whole postseason during this podcast that we've actually got to talk about it before this series actually starts, so that's kind of fun. So we have a blank slate. We don't know what's going to happen as we as you mentioned. Game one is on Tuesday night, October 26th. All games are five o'clock on Fox. In case you're wondering. So, and it's 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 that two three two four. Is that nine. Eastern time, or
2: is it
1: no,
3: no five o'clock Pacific time? time. You're right. We so for, for your East Coast listeners out there, it starts at eight for you guys. Um, two,
0: three, two, huh?
3: Yeah, two, three, two. So the first two will be in Houston, then it'll shift to Atlanta, and then back to uh, Houston if necessary. Uh, super cool. My dad actually won World Series tickets like a long, long time ago. Uh, so him and his and his uh, his cousin, they're both gonna go and go, They're gonna go to Atlanta on Friday. And watch game three of the World Series in Atlanta. So super happy for him. Super jealous that he gets to do that. But that's Mm. awesome. So obviously he was hoping that the Dodgers would be part of that. They're not. But still super cool to go to a World Series game. Um, So that would be cool. So uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, Both of these teams are seeking their second World Series title in their franchise history. Uh, So how did it get here? Let's let's start with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, It was super crazy. This team did not have a winning record until August 6th of this season. Uh, since August 6, they've gone 40 and 21, which is one of the best records in baseball in that time. They are the fourth team in history to make the World Series with a losing record at the All-Star break. Uh, then the first one to do it since the 70s. Um, so pretty impressive there by the Atlanta Braves. Uh, this is their first World Series appearance since 1999. They've had 12 postseason appearances since then, so a lot of postseason disappointments, a lot of appearances. The Braves are almost always in the mix. Um, they just quite haven't been able to make that step, um, so it's been a long time for them. Um, they beat the Brewers in the, in the NLDS uh, in four games, and they beat my Los Angeles Dodgers in the NLCS in six. Uh, on the other side, the Houston Astros—they're uh, back again. Uh, they've had the best offense. They've had the best off- offensive team in the league all season long, and they've kept that up in the postseason. They're averaging uh, a, a, a MLB postseason team best five point six runs per game. And an MLB postseason, best. They, have the, or they have the lowest strikeout percentage of all the teams in, in, in baseball right now. Um, so they, they are absolutely rolling along offensively. Uh, they beat the White Sox in four games, and they beat the Red Sox in six. So pretty much exactly similar to what the Braves have done so far this postseason. Uh, they reached their fifth straight American League Championship Series, and this is their third World Series appearance in five years. Obviously, they, they won the series in 2017, and we all know what happened there with the whole sign-stealing scandal and all that. So they're kind of the outlaws of baseball. Uh, They're trying to make amends, so to speak, to try to see if they can prove that they can win a World Series title, you know, and try to make some amends for what they've done. Uh, But I would be willing to bet that most of the sports world is probably rooting for the Atlanta Braves in this series. Uh, So I didn't really make, since we only got two guys on the podcast, I didn't want to, you know, kind of do a classic kind of four of against because, you know, I kind of figured, let's just talk about both teams here. I think universally speaking, everyone's kind of with the Braves on this there might be a few surprises Um, but there actually is might be one reason to root for the Astros Uh, so Traden, I want to ask you this question Uh, Dusty Baker the manager of the Houston Astros been a manager for a very long time he's managed a bunch of different teams and he's been very successful as a manager but not quite successful enough he's never won a World Series title Um, he's actually has the most win postseason wins for any manager that has not won a world series title. Uh, so the, the closest he got was with the San Francisco giants way back in 2002. When uh, your guys is Anaheim angels beat the San Francisco giants in seven games. Uh, that was the closest Dusty Baker got to winning a world series as a manager. Um, so uh, trading just true or false here. Uh, Dusty Baker is the only reason to root for the Houston Astros in this world series.
0: It's yeah. That's a that's undoubtedly a true statement. Um, And the the, the reason is is like th- this is a guy, this is a guy they brought in because I think he's the only individual that the Astros could have brought on to make to even have a chance to bring some sort of respect back to the organization. I mean, they are they are well regarded as you know the most hated team in the in the MLB right now, and with for good reason. They definitely brought it on themselves. It wasn't it wasn't just you know handed to them they definitely put themselves in that sense but or in that position but look this is a guy that that you know has has taken many many teams to the to the end and just couldn't finish it um in fact you know he he he's i mean he's gonna make he's gonna be a hall of fame i mean he's if he's not already in the hall of fame he's going to the hall of fame the minute he he announces retirement um this is the this is a guy that's you know so down to earth loves his team he's respected he's universally loved in not only in Houston, but in baseball in general. And it's, it's the kind of guy that is, is, is the guy that you root for even when you have no other reason to root for a team. Um, So, you know, he's just a genuine guy and, and, and a great manager and it's, it's time that he, you know, maybe it's time that he takes his, he finally takes what he probably has earned and deserved. And you can walk into the sunset and say, I've, I've left, I left my mark on baseball um, and I have a ring to, to show for it because it's, it's not like he hasn't, he hasn't come close. He's, he's been, he's been right there at sniffing at sniffing distance. And now is his opportunity to do so again. And it just seems like that's really the only reason that the, that you'd ever want to, at the Astros to, to
2: win. Yeah. I I agree. About, like the classic comeback story though, because it's like this Astros team, it's, they were, they won. They were caught cheating. They were reprimanded for it, and now they're showing the world that they can do it without having to cheat. I, 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 I,
0: I'm only going to push back and say, they really didn't pay for it. Um, the players really didn't pay for it. The, the 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 people who paid for it are not even part of the organization anymore. They've been they dealt with them. They dealt with the manager. They dealt with anybody who anybody who really did not have the the actual. Who, who actually didn't actually do the cheating so to speak they may have done the cover-up they may have done whatever i don't I, i'm not going to get into that but it, it it's tough for a redemption story when 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 the team really hasn't been reprimanded for what they actually did you know they okay, so yeah. let's just
2: take that off the table then right so it's not it's not a comeback story or upcoming it's just them showing the world they can do it the right way yeah I mean I you,
0: you I guess you could say that that is one reason to root for them, but given, given how, how the close proximity to what just happened, the, it's, it's too close. It's too, it's too, too much of a proximity to say, Oh, we're going to turn around and just do it. there's still so much hatred for that, for that act of what they did. You know, it, it, it's just tough to say that that, that is any reason to root for them over top of Dusty Baker's, you know, Hall of Fame resume and his career, and finally an opportunity to do what he's not never been able to do. I mean, right. that's the only I'm reason not, I would I'm even. I'm not
2: saying to. that it's. I'm not saying that it's more so of a reason. I'm just saying it is another reason. Because the like Tyler's question was, "That's not the only reason." And I'm like, "Well, this is another reason." Dusty Baker's story is far and away the best reason to do it. Absolutely. It, but this it, is it's tough reason.
0: to. I guess I, I would again. I'm going to push back and say that that if the Astros win and you look at it that way as as if, as if it's their redemption story. It's still going to be considered their second win, and it their their first win. They'll never have a very first win that was legit ever, because so it, it's always going to be overshadowed by the fact world.
2: that they cheated. Always, right? So if the if that World Series from the initial one was taken away, you'd feel differently.
0: 100 percent. Okay, hundred percent. I
2: mean, if again,
0: it, it all comes down to to them not being actually reprimanded for what they did. If they get if they had gotten reprimanded the way they should have, and the players actually got punished, which they didn't, then we'd have that conversation. But they didn't. They actually sit with a title, and they're gonna. They maybe get another one. It's like fuck you. That's that's the yeah, only reason I would I would object to to that statement.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that 100. Um, I think I just think it's too. There's too many current players that were part of that 2017 team that are still on that team. That it's just. You know, you look at them and you just think of that, well, of what's going on. You know, it, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if the Astros won the World Series because even, you know, cheaters or not, there's a bunch of phenomenal baseball players on that team. The problem is they got caught doing something that's just not okay. And that's going to be with them forever. Um, especially, you know, when we're only two years removed from the whole thing happening, right? So, or, or, well, or from them being caught. What's
0: mostly sad is that team that won la- that, you know, three years ago or whatever, or four years ago, uh was actually a good team yeah you know it it, 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 it's just amazing that they probably could have won legitimately (laughs) who knows sorry tyler but that could have actually happened
3: yeah i think the dodgers were a better team that year that's why i was confused why they lost but now we don't know why but anyway that's a whole nother thing
0: but then Um, again you were a better team against the braves and what happened then i mean well okay
3: we that's that's another conversation (laughs) We were a better team on paper, but, but we did not play like the better team that series. The Dodgers played like the better team in that Houston Astros series back in 2017, and they still did not win. Fair That's, enough. What, that's different. Um, Fair enough. So, um, but yeah, back to the, the Dusty Baker thing. Um, I love Dusty Baker. Unfortunately, he's managed a lot of teams that really don't like the San Francisco Giants, Houston Astros, um, but he used, he played most of his career for the Dodgers, um, so he he's a, he's a Dodger guy at heart. Um, so, you know, I, I, I said, I, I love Dusty Baker. He's, he's a great baseball guy. As you mentioned, if that Houston Astros do win the world series, that's the one thing I'm going to focus on that I'm going to feel good about is the fact that Dusty Baker finally gets a ring. Um, so for me, that is the only reason to root for the Astros in this series. Um, but let's get to some of the players and some of the matchups here. Um, let's, let's talk about the two championship series MVPs on both sides, uh, Jordan Alvarez and and any Rosario. So Alvarez of the, uh, of the uh, Astros uh, had an absolute insane ALCS uh, Rosario of the, of the uh, Braves. He tied an MLB record for 16 hits. Um, and by the way, he tied that with players who had done it in seven games. He did, he got the, that record in six games. So arguably way more impressive. Um, but, you know, your Alvarez has kind of been a, a name that's an up and coming. Eddie Rosario has been a, you know, a lifelong big leaguer. He's been around for a while and he's been a pretty solid player, but, the level that he's playing right now is, is absolutely crazy. Uh, both really well-deserved. Both of them are hitting over 500 in, in, in the postseason right now. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch to see those two guys battle out on on, on, on both sides. So, James, I want to ask you, just plain and simple, which of these players will get more hits in
2: the World Series? Uh, real fast before I answer that question, if you play in – like you have to follow the rules of the um, home team, right? So, like, there's a DH spot and not a DH but Correct. So if they, Right. So, Riordan Alvarez is pretty much just a DH. Yeah.
3: Am I correct? Right? Yeah. You can play first base and other places. But who is their t- everyday
2: first base and for the Astros?
3: Uh, Gurriel is the main one. So, they'll probably have to match. Probably him. not going to. They're going to find a way to get Alvarez in
2: the lineup. Okay. Okay. Just I, I get you. Yeah. But uh, before before I get into the actual answer, let's look at the stats real fast, just for the career, just for an overview here. Rosario's been in the league a lot longer than Alvarez has. Uh, Rosario's batting average for his career is 275 and his OPS is 782. Alvarez, on the other hand, has only been in the league for about three years, and he's mostly DH, so he focuses mostly on hitting. That being said, he had a 290 batting average and a 948 OPS for his three-year career thus far. Those numbers are eye-popping. But the question was, who is going to have more hits in this World Series? Let's take into account batting order first. Rosario is pretty much going to be the leadoff guy, AKA, he's going to have more opportunities to get more hits. Alvarez will typically play in the three, four, or five spot because of his DH. He's going to be the cleanup guy. He's there. Once the guys get on base, he's going to match a home run. That's what his goal is. Rosario is just trying to get on base, hence why he's getting a lot more hits. Uh, the Astros pitching staff is not as good as the Braves pitching staff is Rosario is going to have more opportunities to get better hits off a less than seller pitching staff versus Alvarez, who's going to be facing some of the elite pitchers, both in the bullpen and in the rotation. So it's going to be tough for him to get more hits that way. And given the fact that Rosario is coming off 16 hits in six games, momentum, baby, Eddie Rosario is going to have more hits than Jordan Alvarez.
3: I like that answer. Very good logic. Um, What's crazy about postseason in baseball is what actually happens doesn't usually follow the logic. Uh, just crazy shit happens, <laughs> um, and it really makes zero sense. On paper, you would really think, yeah, Eddie Rosario, uh, like you said, leadoff guy is going to have more at-bats. He's going to be in that lineup every day. He's playing out of his mind right now. He's got so much mo- momentum uh, against a team that doesn't have as good pitching right, as the Braves. So you would think, okay, the Braves have really good pitching, and they can match up. They got a lot of good lefties out of the bullpen. That lefty-lefty matchup on Alvarez. Um, so I would agree with you initially. But the way this postseason is going, I'm going to go against what I think will happen. So I'm going to go with Alvarez. is <laughs> going to have more hits in this series. Uh, just because I don't know what to think about this postseason. I'm just going to go against what I think should actually happen. Uh, but I like that pick. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, so another true-false question for you, Trayden. Uh, One of the We've seen the last few years the increased usage of the bullpen and how important the bullpen is, especially in the postseason. Um, this season, the bullpen has pitched more innings overall than starting pitching has among all MLB teams so far this postseason. The bullpen the, the bullpen has pitched 54% of innings this postseason, and I, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it's up to about, I want to say, eight times a Starting pitcher has been pulled before the third inning, Uh, so the 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 starting pitcher has not gone more than two innings, uh, which is crazy. Um, I mean, you you, we've kind of seen this trend this direction, but this year seems to be like a true flip um, in that where bullpens are being. I mean, for good. This is the first time I think I've ever seen in the postseason the use of bullpen games. um, In that in that uh, Braves Braves and um, I mean or the Astros were were in too, but the both the Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, we're using that. I mean, the, the Dodgers that have like the highest payroll in baseball cannot seem to find a, a, a fourth starter, which is crazy. So, I mean, bullpen games going crazy. Uh, the bullpen is so, so important. Um, so with the lack of depth that these starting pitchers are going, trading. I want to ask you a true or false question. There will be more than two starting pitchers that will go into the sixth inning this entire series. More than two.
0: That's false. Uh, it won't happen. Um, and the reason there's a t- couple of reasons why a couple different fasts going on. You have an interesting play. I mean, we, 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 you, we saw it, we saw it actually as early as the um, as early as the Giants series where there, there were, there were, they were actually start, there were actually openers, you know, starting, starting like a, an, an inning, an inning or two. Uh, and then, you know, moving on to your starting pitcher after you get, after you get through, you know, your, your first few batters there. And you're also seeing a lot of starting pitchers relieve, you know, finding a relief spot during the during the day that they probably should be resting. And I think that that's kind of all adding up to the fact that these guys are okay. So you just went through COVID. You went through a shortened season. You got this full season that everything kind of went back to normal. But as we've seen with baseball, we saw it with uh, we're seeing it with the NFL. We're seeing it with the NHL uh, and probably basketball. You they haven't had a full like like going from a shortened season to a full season in such a short amount of time. There's a lot of injuries. They're all tired. They're get there. Th- there's injuries that are probably not really normal if you don't if you unless you're in a normal schedule, and you're putting your starting pitchers into different situations that they're not used to, and that's tiring them out. I mean completely, and that and I think that that's playing playing a role in in how much you know offense there's been, which is very ironic because the beginning of the entire season it, it was all about the pitching you know whether it was the cheating or not it was all about the pitching and now the, the the offense is starting to come back you have one of the the best offensive teams on um, with the with the astros playing the braves have the have the ability to 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 hit as well and also the braves only have really three starting pitchers really in a rotation which you know that clearly they're not they're just not going to be able to to manage that um and you know for the for the entire season Dusty Baker's had to deal with running his running his entire bullpen so it it just seems like it's just a recipe for a for a scrappy bullpen game or a series that's all it's going to be about I mean that's that's kind of how it was this last series with both series I mean I think it was like 49 percent 49 percent of uh I'm sorry, 57% of relievers through in, in the postseason innings for the for the Astros and 49 for the Braves. Like, the Astros have been doing it all season. It's not going to change. Um, the Braves are the same thing. They're going to be playing to win, and there's going to be times where your starting pitcher is going to have to play in two days to, to relief because you're just running out of guys. And, and I think that that's just going to continue this season. There's too much offense for some reason in the postseason, which is, again, ironic. Um, You're, you're getting a lot of tired guys because I I think that the longer season just kind of after a shortened season and after like a COVID lull was a kind of a shock Um, and you just have, you know, high flying offense. And I just can't, I just don't think that there's going to be a situation where we see, you know, a, a, a traditional starting pitcher pitch for his, you know, six, seven innings and it, you know, just, just go on from there. Especially if you're, if you're going to see some openers that are, you know, you might see some openers for key games that, you know, for, for, for Dave Roberts, who isn't a, who, who said out loud that he wasn't a fan of openers. He thought it wasn't baseball. He fucking did it against the giants. So <laughs> it, 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 you got to do what you got to do. And that's just going to be the case. I think. Yeah, I,
3: I have to agree. I'd be surprised if we saw one pitcher complete six innings, I, I, I would be really, really shocked. Um, I just think that's just the way that both teams are playing. Both teams have done a very good job of playing that bullpen game. I think it's, it plays to both of both of those teams strengths. Uh, and as you mentioned offense, I think both of these teams are offensively very strong. I don't see a way how any pitcher, unless he has the game of his life, which you never know, it can happen. Complete six. innings. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't think we're going to get one single pitcher go through six innings. You won't um, see a Logan web game this series. I don't think. No. I highly doubt it. I mean, the one guy that I think has the potential to do it is Max Freed, um, but I don't. I think he might have. He's had maybe one game, so one start this postseason where he's gone gone into the six, and that was Game One against the Dodgers and and, and the NLCS. Um, so I think if if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Um, but I don't think anyone else on either of those even, is going to do and it. And
0: even that's tough. He's sitting with a five from last series with the Dodgers. He's sitting with a five nine one ERA. Yeah over two in, games that's, yeah, in, you know, that's 10 innings but and, still like
3: yeah so it you never know uh it's it's just it's all about the bullpens now so if you don't have a good bullpen you're fucked uh that's just how it goes um so lastly we talked a lot about offense pitching uh this is a this is an interesting matchup because i think these two teams are like are built so differently um which is great because it really i think highlights that national league american league uh battle and this just and they come together in the World Series, and we're going to see which one really plays out better. Um, So as I mentioned, the Houston Astros have been the best offensive team in baseball all season long. They've been the best offensive offensive team in the postseason. The Braves have had a very weird year. As I mentioned earlier, they got off to a really shitty start, um, but really the the strength of their run towards the end really was on their pitching. I think that the bullpen, especially in, in that last year's against the Dodgers, was huge for the Braves. They did such a great job. Um, So, you know, James, which are you more confident in in this series? Are you more confident in the Houston Astros offense or the Braves pitching?
2: I am more confident in the Braves pitching, and here's why. If just look at the batting averages as a whole between the two teams, the Astros are sitting at 281, which is second overall in the postseason, and the Braves are sitting at 250, which is fourth overall in the postseason. But where the real discrepancy comes in is team ERAs. The Astros pitching staff has a 4.5 team ERA and the Braves pitching staff is a 3.41 ERA. That is a huge discrepancy right there. When it comes to saves, the Astros have one and the Braves have four. And you just talked about this being a bullpen driven game for this series. Trade mentioned that the, the Braves have like three starters and the Astros are they're missing Lance McCullers for this for the rest of this postseason. Justin Verlander is still out. Zach Granke is doesn't pitch long anymore. He's old and tired, and his fastball tops out at seventy-eight miles per hour. Like he's not gonna do that well. He'll throw you off because his pitches are slow, but he's not gonna be there to eat up innings. This is gonna be a bullpen game, and the better bullpen is the Braves. Um, for like, for example, like if somebody messes up, if somebody is going through a funk, there are more bullpen arms than there are players to play a certain position. Like let's say if Alex Bregman or Carlos Correa for the Astros, they both get into a funk. You have two other players you can replace them with, maybe. And the chances of you doing that are slim to none because of their defensive abilities. For the bullpen, if it's the bottom of it, if it's like towards the end of an inning or they have faced three batters and they're not doing well, take them out, put in somebody else. You carry more bullpen arms than you do players that play a specific position, which would help out a lot. And the better the bullpen, the more likely you are to succeed, especially in this series coming up. So I'm trusting this pitching way more than I'm trusting the offense right now. Anybody can go through a funk and just take a shit when it comes to hitting. But then if you do that for pitching, all right, put somebody else new in because you have the opportunity and the people to do so on top of that. Will Smith is on fire. Just dude, nobody's touching. him.
3: Yeah. Again, I agree with you hundred percent. It really makes sense to have confidence in that brace pitching, but I mean, the Astros offensively, man, it's not like they've just had a good postseason. I think the brace pitching has had a really good postseason You know, of course, the whole season, you know, they were good, but they weren't the best. The Astros have been the best all season long. So I think confidence-wise, I'm definitely more confident in the Astros' offense. But, you know, what's interesting about those stats that you rolled off too, that's what makes this matchup so intriguing, is that the Astros' offense has been played in a mostly American League, you know, uh, matchups, which does not have really good pitching. And on the other end, the the Braves, you know – the Braves uh, pitching has been playing in the national league, which doesn't have as good of hitting as the American league does. So it's, it's really interesting. There's going to be this tug of war kind of on both sides to see how those numbers are going to bounce each other out. I tend to lean towards the team that has better pitching. So I'm going to go, or I guess we're going to get to the pre, pre, pre predictions here now. Um, but let's go around the horn real quick and have your prediction. So who wins and how many games uh, trade in? Let's start with you.
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Braves in six. Okay, Shane's. What do you got?
2: Braves in five. We're gonna win it at home, so it'll be nice and fun. It's are gonna shock the world, man. People are not expecting the Braves to do this well. They haven't expected them to do so because they had a losing record for so long. But like I've been saying, they've been playing postseason baseball for since August. This is their time to shine. Momentum. They're playing the same way. They don't have to change a thing. Play the way they're playing. They'll be all right. Braves in five.
3: I love it. You stole my thunder. I was going to go Braves in five, and I was going to shock everyone. But the reason I want, I want Braves in five a because fuck the Astros and I don't want the Astros to win, but B, you know, we didn't have, we, I mean, we, we there were fans of the world series last year, but it wasn't at a home ballpark. It was a neutral site. I want to see a team win the world series in front of their home crowd. And I think Atlanta Braves fans as a whole are a really great fan base. Um, you know, that, that ballpark is a pretty new ballpark. It would be awesome to see that moment in Atlanta um, to see them win a World Series at home and, 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 and in front of their, their their home crowd. You know, I love game sevens, but in this particular situation, I would love to see it in five. Um, so, James, I totally agree with you, but it looks like as a whole, we agree with the Braves. Uh, so, yeah, go Braves. Uh, the World Series, again, kicks off tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, October 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Fox.
0: Check it out. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Um, that'll be very, very exciting. Um, playoff baseball is, is, is something special, even for me, who's not a traditional baseball fan. I, I really enjoy it. And I will be tuning into ho- hopefully every single game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to end with our last segment and you guessed it. James got more waiver wires. It's going into week eight. Let's
1: go. With health concerns on the rise. It's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust DIMER. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at DIMERUV on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com.
0: And welcome back. We are back with another week of waiver wire talk with James. We are going into week eight. Um we are nearly, you know, halfway around, done with the season, which is extremely sad, but kind of crazy at the same time. James, take it away, man.
2: Alright, guys, uh just a heads up. This week on the waivers, slim pickings. Like really slim pickings. It was tough. You're gonna hear some names on here that you've probably never heard before, but it'll be good picks. Let's hope. Before we get into that, let's talk about fantasy and how our fantasy league is shaping up here. Um, I beat Alex, uh, I improved to five and two, and Alex goes to three and four. Trade in lost this week, he drops to four and three. And then Tyler beat Eric by 0. 0.4 points. Yeah. Eric was predicted to win all day long. And then Tyler comes up out of nowhere. Uh, I think for the night game it was, or so, maybe this an afternoon game or something, but won by point four, not even one point. It's crazy. Tyler goes to three and four, and Eric goes to zero and seven. And the crazy thing about this is, for the longest, like last week, there was like five, six people tied for first place, and then Eric sitting at the bottom at 0 and 7. Eric, it's a lost <laughs> cause, man. I'm sorry. It's over. <laughs> Teams on by this week are the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so there's a lot of Ravens guys out there, like Lamar Jackson, you got to replace them. So we're going to talk quarterback first. We're going to go with Tua Loa the dude is owned in 42.4% of leagues. He put up 26.5 points, 32 completions of the 40 attempts for 291 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions, but he also added four carries of 29 yards. This is the second week back playing after his rib injury, and he looks more and more comfortable each and every game, as you can see by his stats. Uh, his precision and accuracy is ridiculous. He That was an 80% completion percentage, 32 for 40. It's, that's huge. Anything over 70 or 68. Typically, it's a good day, very accurate. Um, he did add, he also adds some value on the ground, which is huge. If you're trying to replace Lamar Jackson, that's what you want. The more comfortable he is with his ribs and his body, the more comfortable he'll be running the ball. And he's shown that in Alabama and in years past. And also, Mike Gusecki is finally getting used. The guy's been getting targeted like crazy. Up next, they play the Bills. I think this is going to be a very high scoring affair. Um, I expect over 45 passing attempts by Tua. And you're going to look at me and you're going to be like, but James, the Bills' defense against quarterbacks are really, really good. They're shutting them down. Let's look at who they play against, though. First week against Pittsburgh, Big Ben is washed and terrible. Okay, then he played at the Dolphins, where Tua went out. He had four pass attempts, so you can't really count that. Then they played Washington with Taylor Heineke, and then they played Houston, and then they played Kansas City, who was is reeling at that point. They're on that three game losing streak, and Patrick Mahomes has been throwing interception like crazy. And then last week they gave up thirty-four points to the Titans, so the Bills' defense is good, but they've been playing some not so great teams, so then they may look better on paper than they actually are. Trade, what do you think?
0: Well, you kind of you kind of saved me because I was actually kind of worried about the Bills' defense, but I, I'm actually way ahead of you. Um, I I picked up Tua last week because I was <laughs> a, I slept on Derek Carr. I I decided to finally pick up guys like two days late and in this league in our league everybody's just freaking on it um but guess what Tua outperformed Derek Carr so fuck you it whoever did. grabbed Derek Carr uh <laughs> it might have been Eric <laughs> uh it actually was um Anthony uh oh. so I mean no, no offense to Anthony but hey I mean I was just the smarter guy I guess or the slower <laughs> guy whatever uh Tua is really just kind of you know, fitting it, like starting to really calm down a little bit. And, and you actually watched that game and he, he looked a lot more comfortable than I've ever really seen him. Um, you know, he, he gets, he gets a, hopefully a good matchup against the bills. Like you said, I think it might be like, it might be a little bit of a, of a paper look of, of the bills and they'll get their actual, you know, test against Tua who is starting to really do very, very well. Uh, you know, he scored over 26 points. He's a top five quarterback last week. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, The the question is, you know, he does have a lot of, he did have a couple interceptions, which is which is a problem, but he can move the ball on his, with his feet, which is a huge, huge, huge part of the, uh, the fantasy quarterback situation. And um, if you are in need of a, of a quarterback, because your quarterback is out, like mine was last week, well, then then pick this guy up. in Interestingly, I'm going to be dropping him. So everybody <laughs> on our on our on our roster, please please know that. Obviously, I'm just gonna continue with uh with Josh Allen. I mean, that's you, you can't not.
2: But <laughs> yeah, that's what we got. This is gonna be interesting because the Bills and the Dolphins do play against each other. So it's gonna be a pretty big head head to match matchup. See if you make the right call, Tyler. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I I like Tua. Uh, there's a lot of interesting quarterback uh, matchups here. Guys that are you know waiver wire quarterbacks up for grabs. Um, I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, week eight matchup against the Washington Football Team. Uh, we know this Washington Football Team is not all that great defensively as, as much as as much as we thought. Uh, Teddy, Bridge, 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 Teddy Bridgewater is the 14th ranked fantasy quarterback right now. He's averaging almost 16 points per game. Again. The ceiling for him is not going to be that high, but I think he's got a guy that's probably going to give you a pretty reliable, solid, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 points somewhere in there. And if, like I said, if you got Lamar Jackson, a guy that's going to put up way more than that usually, and you need a guy and there's no one else left, I think Bridgewater is a pretty reliable option.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's very safe. Trader and I went for the ceiling and shot for the stars, hoping that Tua gets 25 plus. And then Tyler went for the floor and he's like, yeah, man, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get you at least 15 points, but nothing more than 18 or 20. I mean, I mean, so you get, if you're you safe, <laughs> if you're like me, you got to go Teddy if you want to go shoot for the stars.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're like me and you have uh, Cooper Cup on your team, you don't have to worry about
0: you know. Oh you're God, good, you're fine. He's fine.
3: Oh, oh fuck. that is true. That so, is so
2: true. Cooper Cup, fantasy God, <laughs> know your team. I love fantasy that. Fantasy God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the running back position. Here's the first name you've never heard of before. Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie out of Philadelphia, owned 26.4% of leagues, 14.1 points on five carries for 20 yards. He also added four receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, He's my pick because Miles Sanders is going to be out for a while. We don't necessarily know what his injury is, but he was carted off the field, and whenever that happens, that's never good. Uh, I expect Kenneth Gainwell to be the guy in Philadelphia for a couple weeks at least. Um, He hasn't always been part of this running back game for Philadelphia. But then again, now that it was Miles Sanders, the Eagles don't run the ball at all, ever. That might change now that Kenneth Gainwell was back there, but Kenneth Gainwell has always kind of been the receiving guy. hence he's had so many receptions over this last season. It's crazy. He's going to get more opportunities now to run the ball because Sanders is out while he still has his receiver work cut out for him. He's higher on the depth chart than Boston Scott. And he's also been part of the game plan throughout the year. Uh, next up, they play the Detroit Lions, who is notoriously ranked against running backs. They're the 29th worst running back defense. Um, I love them, but their running defense is so bad. Tyler, what do you think, Ben?
3: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, well, first of all, uh, Miles Sanders uh, was on Eric's team. So that's part of the reason why I was able to squeak <laughs> out the win was because Miles Sanders got hurt. Um, but yes, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, he's shown spurts of, you know, potential to be really, really good. I think he put up 20 points one week, It was either week two or three. Uh, so he's got potential to put up some big time fantasy numbers. And as you mentioned, that was him being like the number two option. You know, now it looks like he's going to be RB1 for the Philadelphia Eagles going against a really, really weak the Detroit Lions team. Um, this guy's got some potential, um, obviously, as a rookie. And this is his first time kind of carrying the bulk of the load. And i, I all as you mentioned, the Eagles, for whatever reason, don't want to run the ball ever, um, which is weird because I feel like they have a lot of really good running talent on that team. But whatever. Um, <laughs> hopefully they run it more against the Lions. Uh, I think I, th- I, have, I have a good feeling about Gainwell this 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 week. Um, like I said, he's he's shown spurts, but he hasn't really gotten the attention or he's got, he hasn't gotten the opportunity to be the number one guy. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if he takes this opportunity and, and uh, runs with it. Pun intended.
2: Jaden, what do you think, man?
0: Oh, you know what? This one was tough, man. Like Gainwell is clearly the best option in this in this bottom of the barrel situation. And so my job was at least to find someone. Um, because I, I admit Gainwell is the better option, guys. But if he is picked up by someone else like Tyler, um, pick up Brandon Bolden. Um, he's officially the new James White for the for the New England Patriots. Uh, He led in targets, he led in catches, and he led in receiving yards uh, and got a receiving touchdown. So for for a PPR guy, it's huge. They do play the Chargers. The Chargers' rushing defense is not very strong. Um, This is kind of a situation where, you know, because um, Stevenson Stevenson was used over him in the passing game, but he then was benched. So this gives, you know, kind of Brandon Bolden his new, you know, you know position as the as they say the new James White. I don't think he is James White, but you know, he's a, he he is a he is an option for a Patriots um you know running back situation. They did do very well um this last week. Because there's there's nothing else there. That's all I have.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good pick. I, the one thing I don't like about that is that Damon Harris looked really good. Yeah, um, I don't think he'll see very much backfield work to either Andre Stevenson or Brandon Bolden. Um, he did catch, Damien Harris did catch two balls. So, like at that point, you could potentially use him as a receiver. But as you mentioned, they might not even have to because that run defense for the Chargers is so porous. So, we'll see about that. Traden, you had a tough task. Good job. Moving on to the wide receiver position, another name you've never heard of is Khalif Raymond. Love this guy. He's owned in 5.3% of leagues. He put up 17.6 points, six catches on eight targets for 115 yards. Honestly, I was watching this game a lot because it was a local game. It was Rams versus the Lions this weekend. And Khalif Raymond was popping out of the screen for me. He passed the eye test like no other. There were so many times during that game and these two guys can attest to it. Khalif would catch the ball and I'd be like, who is that? Who's number 11 on the Detroit Lions? Because he's catching everything. The dude went insane. For sure, he is a good, he's a good wide receiver. He just has the bad luck of having Jared Goff as his quarterback, and that's tough. But when you look at stats, he's heavily targeted by Goff, like a lot. He's had 15 targets in the last two games. There's even one game he had 10 targets. And if you get anything over five, you're good. Like you're amazing. He's definitely part of the game plan, and he's definitely Jared Goff's favorite because even in this last game against the Rams, Jared Goff I think had. 260 something yards and Khalif Raymond accounted for 115 of it, which is just under half of those yards. So he's Goff's favorite. So as long as Jay Goff's your quarterback, Khalif Raymond has a good shot to have a good fantasy week. Up next, they play the Philadelphia Eagles, which honestly is a bad defense. The passing numbers against them don't look that bad, but the reason being is that teams get up big against them and just run out the clock. And so the the running numbers look bad and their passing numbers look good, but the reality is they don't have to pass anymore because they're up by so much. Uh, the Lions also have a chance to win this game against the Eagles, so you best believe Khalif Raymond, Jerry Goff, and Dan Campbell will be giving up their best shot just to get the, their first one of the season. Tyler, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, let's just keep it simple. This guy has been getting increased targets, a lot of good targets over, over the last few weeks up against this Eagles secondary which, that's, that's, I'll be honest, it's shitty. It's always been shitty. The Eagles have never had a good secondary almost ever in their in their in their uh, existence. Uh, so yeah, this is a great matchup here. Um, I think you should look for him. Yeah, I mean, I think this 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 Raymond Kid's an up and coming guy, as you mentioned. If only he had a better quarter or a, a better quarterback, he'd probably be light. He'd probably be you know top twenty wide receiver in the league. So um, I think this is a great matchup for sure.
0: Trading. Look, I know this one's this one's a this one's an a weird one. Okay, and this, this is all kind of dependent on s- the situation of the said team I'm going to talk about.
2: Okay, hold on. I'm going to say Darius Slate. Oh, okay. What? Oh, okay. Well, before you said what you said, what you did last week with the same scenario was like depending on the team, you picked Dearness Johnson, and your pick was magnificent. It was a damn good pick. Yeah. So Darius, you know, Slayton, so, I like that. So you tell me, so tell me more. To me
0: is what is what I'm hearing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I got I got Darius Slayton, um, and here's the reason why. He's he took advantage of a of a very thin wide receiver core. You know you have Sterling Shepard's out, Kenny Galladay's out, Kadarius T- uh, Tony Tony is out, and they all remain kind of up in the air next week against Kansas city who Kansas city's defense guys is what the fuck like, <laughs> it's it's porous <laughs> as fuck. So the, the goat himself, Daniel Jones has a chance to shine is what I'm, is what I'm saying here. And that would be a crazy win. Um, let alone last week's win. Anyway, that it's not going to happen anyway. Um, Darius Slayton, <laughs> You it all remains like, again, it just depends on, you have to keep it week day by day see where Sterling Shepard is. See where Kenny Gallaudet where um Kadarius uh Tony Tony is if those guys are out or if at least two of them are out Darius Slayton's gonna be an option um I mean he he was targeted nine times he caught five of them for 63 yards that doesn't seem like a lot but for a guy who doesn't normally get that much that's pretty damn good again Kansas City I don't know what I'm gonna get that week they could be just as shitty as they have been the past <laughs> seven weeks so uh, you might have an opportunity for a guy who could finally get a touchdown. He only got one touchdown this whole season. And I understand that, but um, you know, we, we don't know what we're going to get. He, he has played kind of tougher defenses historically. So he, I don't, I, again, I don't know what I'm going to get kind of city. Yeah. Um, if Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius uh, are out, I would consider picking this guy up because if those guys all miss, I mean, he, he, he's a good, he's like their number one option. He's Jones is number one option. Who's actually playing, a lot better than he has been. I mean, he's not amazing, but he's, he's, he's doing okay.
2: Yeah, he's serviceable. I agree. Um, and in the past, Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones were both broken just in the same year, and they have that chemistry. Because that first year that Darius was out there, man, he was rocking He had those deep balls like crazy. Yep. Um, Kennedy Holliday is not what we expected in this New York offense, and Sterling Shepard is just unreliable. So that is what it is. I like that pick. Last but not least, tight ends, trade-in specialty. <laughs> CJ Uzoma. From Cincinnati, 9.4% owned, 24.1 points, three catches on three targets for 91 yards and two touchdowns. So you had three catches and two of them were for touchdowns. Um, As I mentioned earlier, unless you get like a really great tight end who is reliable, it's like a top five tight end. You're going to be dependent on touchdowns. And here's your typical touchdown dependent tight end. He has been looked to it in the red zone a decent amount, um, more so than Jamar Chase, more so than Joe Mixon because that offensive line is still not good. Uh, he has three touchdowns in the last two games and has five total touchdowns in the year. So he almost has a touchdown a game, almost. He has shown some run after the catch ability on his 55-yard catch and run, which is crazy. And he also plays 71% of the snaps, at least. It's going to go up after this last game. Up next, they play the Jets. It's just a bad defense that's been hit with so many injuries. I feel bad for you, Robert Saul. You're my guy, but those injuries are just killing you. <laughs> this Jets team goes up an average of 16 points to the tight ends. Not looking good. Trade?
0: Yeah, dude. Okay, first of all, are the Bengals, like, actually a good team? I mean, this They're is, diverse, like, man. what What? What happened yesterday was, was insane. Uh, I, I, like, if I told you that the Bengals would kick the Chiefs' ass three years ago, you would have said that I'm a fucking idiot. Okay. So <laughs> that just Isn't happened. The Bengals
2: play the Ravens, bro.
0: I'm sorry, Ravens. That's who I, that's what I, <laughs> that's who I meant. So regardless, if I told you that you would say I was a fucking idiot, especially given the fact that the, the Ravens have such a high powered offense, but all of a sudden the Bengals have an eye high powered offense. And that's where CJ comes in. He saw three targets, but he made them fucking count. He caught all three, got 91 yards, got two touchdowns and it's his second, Game in a month with over twenty with uh with over twenty four points. That's insane. Against and you're gonna go against the Jets team that is fucking terrible. You you have a very high powered uh, Bengals team that is just fucking clicking right now. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be targeted given the fact that the the offensive line is an issue as you mentioned. He is not going to take over your top top tight end, but again, tight ends are just are are, are kind of like hit or miss, and you don't know what you're gonna get. This is an opportunity to pick up a guy that has huge upside opportunity against a team that gives up so many points to a tight to the tight end position, and on a Bengals team that just seems like they're fucking clicking, and it's awesome to see.
2: I'll give anybody five bucks if you can name the amount of times Traded said "fucking clicking" without running them back because that was a lot. I think the Bengals are clicking, Tyler. What do you think, man?
3: Yeah. So tight ends this time of year tough tough to find some good matchups here on the waiver wire. So this one was a tough, one. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out which one I was going to, I was going to rebuttal with, but I'm going to go with Mo Ali Cox of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's the 19th ranked tight end currently averaging 7.8 points, but in the last four weeks, he's averaged 12.1 points and has put up four touchdowns. So you talked about t- how important touchdowns are uh, for tight ends. He's put up four of in the last four weeks And the Colts are 3-0 in games that he scores a touchdown. In week eight, (laughs) they have have a big matchup against a division rival, the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be a big matchup. So they're going to do everything they can to try and get this guy into the end zone because they got to get this game. The Colts started off really slow. They started to pick it up recently. Uh, So it seems that the key to success is give Mo a touchdown and you're going to win the game.
0: So I have to say, though, at least until recently – the Colts red zone offense has been fucking so bad. Like they're almost better when they're not in the red zone. Like they might as well just like get the long, like they may might as well stay out of the red zone and then score once you're, once you're like
1: 30
0: to 50 yards out because they suck in the red zone. That's the only
2: issue I have with that. pick. Yeah. I mean, but till recently, like Tyler just said,
0: this yes. dude has been
2: scoring touchdowns. Yes. And the, guys, Mo Ali Cox a big buddy. He's played basketball. He's like six seven, I think. He is a big dude. So literally, get into the red zone. Just throw it up. This guy will get it. Yeah. I don't know why they haven't throw done that before. Just throw it. He's so, a foot so basically than every do other the, the the Brady
0: Gronk throw. That's all they do. They yeah. just exactly.
2: Just yeah. bully ball it. I mean, it's gonna be crazy. It's like putting AD in the post against good, Isaiah Thomas. It's a pretty good pick. Like AD's gonna win. That's not good job, Tyler. That was a good one. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of my waiver wire segment. I hope you learned some new names because I sure did. And I hope uh, your fantasy team goes well this year.
0: Yes. Thank you, James. Um I'm gonna have to tap into the picks myself. Um, you know, I, I hate, I hate the freaking the bye weeks. It's just so tough sometimes. Um, but you know, hopefully I can turn it around. I had a I had a I had a rougher week than normal but thank you james and thank you everybody for tuning in this was a short one just like just like the last one hopefully we'll have i know we'll have at least one guy back next week hopefully we'll have everybody back we are we're, we're so much better full strength uh and when we're full strength you get a lot more you know information about fucking everything so um so you know that's that's what we need hopefully we'll have that next week um but until then check us out on youtube the the youtube videos are always fun because you get to see our Hilarious facial facial expressions, especially when Tyler says something stupid. James is just like,
2: uh,
0: <laughs> and again, you have to see it to to understand. Um, check us out on TikTok. There's some TikToks out there uh, on on any other social media. And if you're a business that is looking for some advertising opportunity, please let us know. We are, we are looking for, for any kind of sponsor. We are more than happy to discuss and get get your name out there because you know, we, we, we were looking for that kind of relationship as um, you know, as the weeks go by here, but until then we will see you next week. Have a great week and uh, enjoy all the sports.